guys, welcome back. It's the Fit for What podcast. I'm Lindsay Alvested. I'm Coach Dane. Dane, welcome. What's going on? What are we here to talk about today? We are here today to talk about why you should get assessed. Assessment. All right. And we talk about that a lot at CrossFit 9, um, but I think still a lot of people are wondering, what the heck does that mean? What is, uh, who needs to get assessed? Who do you think would benefit from an assessment first off? Uh, Honestly, I think everyone in the gym should get assessed just so they can kind of get a baseline of what's going on with their body learn a little bit more about themselves. Um, But definitely people who experience pain in the gym or maybe they've seen a doctor and they've been diagnosed with something like a tendonitis or a tendinosis or some kind of joint-related range of motion restriction type deal. Okay, excellent. Um, All right, and, and before we get too far, Let's brush off what what kinds of assessments do we have? What are we assessing? Yeah, so number one would be the range of motion assessment. Um, there's just a couple of tests, doesn't take too long, maybe, maybe about 20 minutes or yeah. so. Um, schedule it one-on-one with the coach. See what limitations you may have, and usually that tends to correlate with people who maybe have low back pain when they deadlift. When they deadlift um, that'll kind of pop up as a limitation in the test, or maybe they hurt when they overhead press. Something will usually pop up in the test. So it gives us a good picture, kind of start putting the pieces together, what's going on with their with their body. Okay, excellent. So um, there's a second test, we'll get to that in just a second, but let's dig into that range of motion assessment. So you guys, you're gonna see that abbreviated a lot as an ROM, range of motion assessment. At CrossFit 9, we do that for free. That's something that any of our um, athletes can come to us and get for free. It's also integrated right into our process for our um, brand new five weeks to fit athletes. So they don't even realize they're going through that during their first five weeks. But for our existing athletes, they can book one of those on our website, crossfit9.com slash assess. And what can I... Um, what can I expect when I come to do a range of motion assessment? Yeah, so you'll meet one-on-one with a coach. Like I said, it usually takes 15, 20 minutes. Um, we run through some upper body tests, some lower body tests, and we're just looking at your joint range of motion, what you can move your joint through um, and see if we find any limitations in All right, in so, so we're looking at flexibility and mobility, which are two different things. Often people use them synonymously, um, but they are two different things. We look at both during those assessments. And on the other side of my assessment, what comes out of that? We get kind of a range of motion diagnosis. Mm -hmm. How can I use that information? So that'll help you be able to modify better in class. Um, The coach will tell you, well, they can tell you some exercises you may want to do to increase your range of motion. might help a little bit with the pain, if you have pain, or you'll be able to modify around those given limitations that we find. Right, so we're not continuing to irritate tissues that are already angry at us. Um, So we do have ways to go about continuing to get stronger in the gym without pissing off tissues that are already mad about being asked to do those movements, right? Definitely. Okay, cool. What else do we need to know about range of motion assessments, Dane? 
Um, range of motion, I would say if you, it's a good way to find out if you just have like a, a minor little tweak, like if you just tweak something and it gets better, that's not necessarily, necessarily the pain that we're talking about. But if every time we have deadlifts in class, your low back hurts, or every time you overhead press, your shoulders hurt, or every time you try to kip, maybe your shoulder hurts. Um, there's something like that every time you run, you experience pain in your hip. Um, if it's like a reoccurring thing like that, that you can kind of associate with the movement, um, that's a good time to get assessed so we can start see start to see what's going on. Good. So it gives your coaches more information to help you make good modifications. Mm -hmm. But what it isn't, it's not a medical diagnosis. Really important to um, to reiterate that there. It doesn't tell us whether or not you have a tendinopathy. It doesn't tell us if you have a bulging disc or something like that. It tells us what range of motion is available to us and what range of motion is not. And it also doesn't tell us why. So that kind of brings us around to step two. Dan, you cool with us moving on to strength assessments here? Yeah, let's do it. All right, good. Step two, you guys, is strength balance testing. Um, what's strength balance assessment look like? Um, what does it look like? What, what process are they going through or what, what are we talking about? Um, let's talk about, okay, I've done my range of motion assessment. Mm -hmm. What's the next step? Um, next step, well, you can schedule your strength balance testing online through the website, just like the range of motion. There's step one, step two, kind of clearly listed out for you. Um, but then we're just taking another deep, a little bit deeper dive into maybe why you're limited or why you experience pain. Um, we'll be comparing your right side to your left side, um, your push, pushing strength versus your pulling strength, your squat compared to your deadlift, um, different things like that. And usually you'd be surprised what you, what you find. <laughs> so I went through this, this process with an Active Life RX coach. And um, so I have a knee injury in my past. I had ACL surgery about mm, six years ago now. And it's just one of those things that it's always nagged at me because I didn't do the requisite balancing work afterwards. For me, that meant that I needed to strengthen that leg. Didn't mean that I needed to stop going to the gym. It didn't mean that I needed to squat and squat and squat and get stronger and stronger and stronger mm -hmm. because I was mostly using my good leg, not my surgery side. Right. So I wasn't having an equal power output on both sides. Um, and it helped a lot to start working on that, that injured side. And my knee pain pretty much disappeared um, unless I was doing a crazy amount of volume. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was really, really helpful for me. So um, what kind of ratios are we looking at, Dane? Why, what, we talk about these ratios, what are they? Who's, um, where do they come from? Yeah, um, so strength ratios, basically they're just proven by scientific study after scientific study. Um, people much smarter than us, doctors and whatever you want. Uh, Charles Poliquin Physio. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of research into establishing healthy ratios right. for most people. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, so ratios. If you can do 30 strict pull-ups, but you can only do like two push-ups, then we got a problem. Um, so the ratios are just basically a, a fancy way of saying that your push is relatively strong to your pull. They're kind of e equaled out. Um, ideally, we're getting those things to converge rather than diverge over time in our program. Um, same thing with squatting. If you can squat 500 pounds, but you can deadlift only 200 pounds. Oof, like, yeah. Probably got a, some big issues going on there. Um, should be able to deadlift more than your squat, right? Yep, hopefully. Yeah. So if, it, if those numbers are flipped, <laughs> we got a problem. Um, so yeah, those numbers are just a, an easy way for us to compare what's going on. So we take your results and compare them to the ideal strength ratios and give us a good picture. Right. Really important here. Nobody in here is a cyborg with perfect ratios. Um, we're always trying to move towards those ratios. And really also another thing I want to point out with some particular athletes, so my, for example, the Olympic weightlifters in our gym, their squat and deadlift are going to be a lot closer to each other than other athletes. And that might just be a consequence of that sport um, because they spend a lot more time in those positions and training those positions. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. It's going to be relative to each athlete, and there, there's not going to be, it, it's not a huge cause for alarm. But if a, if a weightlifter comes to us and they're starting to cap out on their strength, and it comes back that their squat and their deadlift are neck and neck, how do you think that weightlifter is going to break through a plateau? Fixing that. Fixing that, exactly. That's the lowest hanging fruit for them is to start to learn how to peel weight off the floor better and start increasing their deadlift. And guess what? That's most likely going to break that plateau for that, that athlete. Mm -hmm. So that's just an example in that particular sport, how that is applied. Um, but for the rest of us, it might be that one side um, is stronger at pressing than the other side. And we've been stuck on strict press for a year. Well, guess what? If I'm really right arm dominant and my left arm is way weaker, how am I gonna break through that, that plateau? Well, the easy answer is get my left arm stronger. Exactly. And yep, and then all of a sudden these things are gonna start moving along where maybe we've been stuck in the past. Um, so that's why it might matter to athletes, everyday athletes who aren't competitive. Um, and athletes who aren't in pain. It, it could also benefit athletes who are not injured. Um, so yeah, thoughts on that, Dane? Uh, yeah, definitely. It can affect performance, just like Lindsay was saying, or it can also be a cause of injury um, down the line. Sometimes we don't think of it, uh, going back to your example with your knee surgery and your, which leg is it? Your right leg taking over? Yeah, my right leg is much stronger than yeah. my left leg. So and that's something I'm going to have to work at yeah, my go. whole life. Yeah, you're always going to have to work on it. Um, but if your right leg is taken over on every single squat you do and you never adjust that, it could start having problems up the chain or down the chain um, in your body. So maybe your hip starts to hurt and then now you're compensating with your left side of your hip and then your low back starts to shift a little bit and now we have some spinal mm -hmm. issues and then it's just like snowball effect. We right. Don't, we don't want that. And that was happening to me. So you, you hit the nail on the head. What was happening is all of a sudden now my low back's hurting. Mm -hmm. 
um, during these movements. And um, so my answer was that I didn't need to be squatting and doing a bilateral movement over and over and over because my strong side was just getting stronger. My left side, my weaker side was just getting weaker and um, more painful. And what I really needed to end up doing were uh, unilateral movements, lunges, step-ups, marches, things like that so that it could strengthen the side that needed strengthening. Um, and it helped a lot. And guess what? Even though I wasn't squatting for almost a year, my squat still went up when I returned back to it. Yep, that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's the nice part. A lot of people, when we take away the movement that they're, they're, worried, that they're really good at, they're worried they're gonna get weak at it. And that's never the case. I've never seen that happen. Um, I'm gonna use Megan Roddy because she went through this. I took away squats from her because she was so squat dominant. Um, and I made her deadlift every time that squats came up in class. Yep. So she did no extra programming. Um, just attended class and made that simple squ that simple swap, and guess what? Her deadlift went through the roof. She had amazing results just from that one simple swap. Mm -hmm. So pretty cool. Yeah, I remember having her in class a bunch of times, and I would always check in on her, and she's like, "Yep, you know what? You know what it is. I'm just gonna keep going with it." And <laughs> And I haven't checked in on her on her squat, but I would bet money. I would bet money her squat went up too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny how that is, actually. I noticed it actually with, I do a lot of gymnastics stuff, and I just started working a little bit more handstand, like tricks mm -hmm. and stuff. And I noticed I wasn't really strict pressing at all. But when I went back to strict press, my strict press was stronger than before. Cool. So it's like little things like that. That's awesome. You don't have to be working it directly to, to see the gains. Awesome. And you know, I'm seeing one thing in here that I really want to touch on before we move on too. Breath work. Oh my gosh. Mm. So built into the strength assessment, we also take a look at um, your stamina because one side of your body might have better strength while the other side has better stamina. Yep. We take a look at that. They are different. Um, and also your reaction to longer sets, longer, lighter sets, like what we would see in a CrossFit um, workout. Um, we take, let's see, half of your one rep max for 20 reps. We time it, and we're also taking a look at how many breaths you have to take right after that. Some of my um, athletes, I won't, I won't name names, but their first tension test, oh my goodness, they were taking like 12 breaths in the 20 seconds right after their, after their tension test, which tells me they are having a huge respiratory response. For sure. To 20 reps, which is pretty typical for a rep range in CrossFit. Yeah. So the low-hanging fruit for that athlete is increasing their stamina, mm -hmm. right? And working also on some breath control. We did a ton of nasal breathing exercises, which you might not expect. Oh, yeah. But when they, um, when these particular athletes came back to classes over time, they were smoking people on other move on the movements that 
really tend to get a really big respiratory response. They can jump on the, the echo bike and they're nasal breathing. They're cool. They're keeping, they're keeping their heart rate low compared to the person next to them who's <gasps> gasping in and out of their mouth and having a panic response. For sure, makes a big difference. And I think it also plays into to your strength a little bit too, because you start realizing you can focus on that breath to brace properly. Um, so stamina and strength kind of go together when you focus on the breath. Right, right. And breath work, I mean, if, if you're not thinking about breath work during your lifting, during your Metcons, it's, I will say, you are for sure leaving performance on the table. Oh yeah. That's one thing I, I like about the new heart rate monitors we have is every now and then I see myself kind of bump up into the red. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if I'm on the echo bike or something, I'd, take a couple of big deep breaths through my nose, and then you can see it start to trickle down a couple percent, get back down into the yellow. Oh and my I know gosh. I'm setting myself up when I get back to the barbell or whatever we're doing. Right, and guys, off. we're a little bit off in the weeds here, but I, I want to talk about this point because it's so important. He's totally right. Those heart rate monitors are gonna let you know if we're starting to have a sustained response in the red zone, how can we bring that back down so that you're not gassing out on that movement? Mm -hmm. If you still have 15 minutes left in your Metcon, you do not want to be spending a ton of time in the red. That would be not smart. <laughs> be emptying the tank yeah. way too early. Um, so yeah, they are a helpful tool for that as well. Mm -hmm. But returning back to our, um, our topic, the strength balance assessment, okay. I order a strength balance assessment. How do I get it? What does it look like? Yeah, so this is actually something you can do on your own. Uh, anytime open gym, I would recommend doing it before class. I've had people do it after class and it Oof, when they're smoked. tends not to work out. We end up having to retest anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't do that. Um, but you'll get it delivered through this thing called True Coach. It's an app? It's an app and you get the workouts emailed to you. And it is a 10 day long assessment. Um, it just gets sent, sent to your inbox or to that, through your app every day. And yeah, you just go through it. It has videos along with it explaining all, all the tests and what movements you'll be doing. And you can input all your results there and it just gets shot right back to us. Fantastic. And we put it in, in our spreadsheet and compare the, the results, the strength ratios and all that. And it works out pretty good. Excellent. And the best part, we can retest that over time to prove yep. that we're moving in the right direction, mm -hmm. which is really wonderful. Excellent. Um, so after I complete these strength assessments, what happens after that? Yeah, so you could take the route like Lindsay was saying earlier, where you modify accordingly in class. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to completely derail us. Go for it. Real quick. Moving back, what do the tests themselves look like? Because I think a lot of folks are going to think maybe these are like weird movements that they've never seen before. Okay. And that, that's part of what I love about the strength assessment is that we're actually using movements you, you see all the time in CrossFit. Mm -hmm. One of our assessments is a deadlift assessment. One of them is a back squat assessment. Yep. Yeah, and so on. So 
yeah. maybe a few of the movements you wouldn't see as often. Yeah, there's some front muscle. rack step ups, uh, the muscle clean. Yeah, that's a good one. It's mm -hmm. a, li a little different. Uh, single arm presses and high pulls. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit weird. And day 10 is the overhead carries and farmer carry single arm. But still nice and simple and absolutely something you, you can complete during open gym on your own. Right. Um, that's, yeah, that's one, one of my the, favorite parts about this. Yeah, that's the beauty of it is you can do it on your own. You don't have to pay for personal training to be in the presence of a coach the whole time. It kind of keeps the cost low and more affordable for you and also more flexible with your schedule. Sure. So that um, since we're talking about costs too, guys, the um, the strength assessment, while the range of motion assessment is free, the strength assessment is a charge of $100, mm -hmm. but you get all of that stuff delivered to you. You get your report afterwards yep. on what um, recommendations we have for moving forward, what swaps you could make in class, what movements you should be avoiding or modifying. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty common comprehensive and definitely worth a hundred bucks. You get a lot of data out of that. For sure. Excellent. Okay. So moving forward after that, back to, back to the question we had left off on moving forward. I've got my results. What, what options do I have moving forward after that? Uh, yeah. So you mentioned that you get your, your full strength report. Um, that includes substitutions that you can make in class or during a skill portion of a workout. Um, you could do some extra stuff on your own. I don't necessarily recommend it because it's hard to follow along, um, not knowing exactly what you're doing. Um, but oh, you mean like main, DIYing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. You, know you, your, you know you have to work on your presses, but you don't really know to what extent. You don't know no. what weight, yeah. how much, how much you should rest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, not the best way to go about that. Yeah, um, so I would make the substitutions in class um, based on the report that, that we give you, or even better, depending on how many um, imbalances or limitations pop up in the assessments is personal programming. Um, so that gets delivered, same as the strength assessment, gets delivered through the True Coach platform, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty awesome. We've had a lot of success with it, and they keep updating it. It seems to get keep getting even better and better, which is which is awesome. Yeah, it's a good platform. Um, yeah, so you you receive your programming through there. You can communicate with us through the little messaging platform. You can input your results. You can oh. comment on workouts. Let us know. Yeah, you can feeling. attach videos, uh, pictures, yeah. all sorts of things. It's a pretty robust app. Yep, and anything that we give you that you don't know, it comes with a video attached to it. We give detailed descriptions within the app. Um, and it's super, super simple, actually, when, when it ends up coming through on your phone. Right. So what's nice about this, too, you guys, is that if you have any range of motion issues, we're going to work on that, too. Often in your warm-up, your warm-up is specified, and they are things that we want you to be working on. Mm -hmm. to address any range of motion issues. The strength work itself is short. It's intended to be something that you would usually do ahead of class. So it's, what, 15 to 20 minutes of strength work? Yep. And um, you could do that ahead of class. You could use that instead of the strength portion of the Metcon or strength portion of class that day if you really needed to. Mm -hmm. um, so there's really no excuse as far as the time goes. It's a minimal time investment for maximal results. Yeah, usually tops have 
30 minutes to complete the warm-up mm -hmm. and your, all your stuff. Maybe three, three four times a week you're, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. What's the personal programming going to set me back? What was that? What does it cost? What does it cost? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a setback. It's an investment, Lindsay. Uh, I like where your head's at. Yes. Uh, yeah, so personal programming is 200 bucks a month. And like we said, it's, it's, it's personal programming, right? So it's tailored to exactly what we found in the range of motion and strength balance assessments. Um, it's not just like a generalized program for that anyone can do. It's specific to what you need. Mm -hmm. And... But I found the longer you stick with it, the more we can kind of evolve it um, to, to like how your body is responding, which I really like a lot. Yes. So a couple of really important points to make on that, you guys. Um, when we go through our assessment, if this is, if you're a good fit for these tests, we're going to tell you. If you're someone who should actually be seeking medical attention, we are going to tell you. Um, so folks who make it to this point, we're very clear on what they need to work on and we know that we can help them address those issues. Yeah. Um, Sue Neville happened to come in. I know she would let me talk about this, so I'll, I'll name drop her also. Sue Neville came in with a rotator cuff injury, old one that she had long before she started CrossFit, but it was starting to flare up again when she was pressing. And um, so we started working on that and she's back to being able to press as much as she did before and now without pain. And um, along the way, we also picked up a few things we needed to work on, breath work being one of them. And um, this was something that she was unable to get addressed properly in physical therapy, unfortunately, right. even though she'd tried all the, the normal um, methods of going about, you know, getting, getting medical attention for this. Right. So we're back to pressing without pain, and that's exactly what we hope for out of these things. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing to note, I think, is that it's not a replacement necessarily for physical therapy. Yes. Like if you just had surgery or something, you should still go through the proper channels of physical therapy. But maybe after the fact, you come in, get assessed, we could see where you're at and start building right. on top of the physical therapy. So good point there. If you are post-surgical or you've been um, um, prescribed physical therapy, go through the proper steps, go through the physical therapy. We're a good step after the physical therapist has discharged you. Um, so, uh, where was I going with that? <sighs> Crash, my, my train derailed there. Yeah, another thing we mentioned earlier in the episode is the tendon, tendon issues. Mm, That's yeah. a little bit separate from strength balance. Um, and it, it's hard to say exactly. Um, we can't diagnose it, but we kind of have a good feel for her. Right, it, we can help up. with it. Yeah. We can help with it if um, it's been diagnosed. Yeah, we can definitely program for tendon health. Um, we have s certain methods to adjust some things. So if you have like, whatever, sometimes people have their patella tendon is acting up. Um, so we can program specific ways of squatting that will actually benefit your tendon versus doing 50 wall balls mm -hmm. and then going to a bunch of box jumps and just inflaming the tendon even more. Yep. Um, so there's ways to go about that where we can program for tendon health as well. Ah, okay. 
that that got me back on track for where I was going to go with that. So really it comes down to this, the personal programming. Yes, you hear us saying, oh, it's personalized. It's more, it's better for you. The analogy for this is I want you to imagine um, that you're sitting in a, in an ER and the doctor walks in and starts handing out the same pill to every single person. Got a broken arm, here's a pill. Um, Do you have, oh, you're having a heart attack, here's a pill. Oh, you're a child, here's the same pill. That's not such a great idea, right? (laughs) It's not, it might be the right pill for the right person. Um, But you're going to need for your particular needs Maybe a different medication, maybe maybe a different dosage. Maybe maybe you don't need a pill, you need something else. But if you're going to class and you're doing generalized prescriptions, which is what class is, yep. we do our absolute best to modify and do variations for each person in class. And our coaches are phenomenal at that. But if you are relying on that to get you better, it's not necessarily going to be the way forward. Yep, exactly. This is your personalized prescription. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to put it. I like that. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. So, Dane, you said it's 200 bucks a month. One thing I want to add on there is that we will only, we um, ask for a minimum three month commitment on there. Here's why. You don't get into pain overnight. You don't get out of pain overnight if we're, if we're really um, getting at the cause of it. So we want to make sure that we're allowing enough time and setting that expectation of that there's going to be a bit of a time investment to make sure that we're really addressing that cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, typically that pain, if you're having true pain that's been going on for, or it's been building for years, um, not even months, probably years It's going to take a hot second. Uh, yeah, it's going to take some time to, to reverse that. Alrighty. So. so if anyone's kind of like on the fence about this, Dean, Go on ahead. I mean, what's is someone's on the fence about like, man, two hundred bucks a month? Is that really worth it? Is yeah. it really worth it? Um, they start pressing you on it. Yeah, definitely. Not everyone. I'm not recommending everyone needs personal programming. Sure. Some people are perfectly fine with coming into class and getting after it the the way they've been doing. Um, but one question I like to ask is, can you afford not to do anything about it? Who? And that's that's usually a good. Um, kind of separator question. If the answer is yes, I I can afford not to do it, then good. Like keep doing what you're doing. Sure. Some folks, Uh yeah, some folks, you're absolutely right. They might be like, yeah, I'm good. I'll just avoid that movement forever. Yeah. And they might not care. That's totally cool. Yeah. If you don't ever need to snatch or you don't have no desire to snatch and that's the only movement that causes you pain, you don't want to pay to fix it, then that's fine. Like, sure. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, but if it's if it is really bothering you and you are in true pain, um, then I think it's it's well worth it. The the two hundred dollar cost. Um, think about it another way is to say, if I paid you, I paid you two hundred bucks a month for the rest of your life, but you could never get better. Oof. Would you take that? Would you take me up on that? That sounds like a raw deal. <laughs> I don't think I'd take you up on that, Dave. There you go. Alrighty. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so kind of wrapping up, you guys. This is such a cool thing to go through. If you're a little bit of like 
Dane and I are pretty geeky, but if you're if you're interested in how your body works, how you can make um, how can, you can make really good decisions for your workouts, this I think everyone should go through a strength assessment at some point. Yeah, for sure. It's such great information to have. Yeah, if that's all you want is you do the range of motion and you want the strength balance results, you, you pay your hundred bucks to to get all that all that information and you just know more about yourself, then yeah. um, by all means do that. I think everyone should do that. It's not a service that you can find in most gyms across the country. Um, so I think it's definitely should take advantage of that. Right. Um, yeah, we are a little geeky in, in our approach to it, but yeah. Well, well, you know, we've kind of got, we have a proudly geeky gym. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, it's, and Dane's totally hitting the nail on the head. We've invested a lot of time into um, getting certified to do these things and bringing that to this gym. And honestly, I don't think we talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. I think we probably need to get better at doing that. But yeah. um, moving forward, if you hear us talk about this, this is what we are referring to. These range of motion assessments, these strength balance assessments. Yeah, and the worst part is knowing that we offer this and knowing what we know and still seeing people in the gym that have oh. issues ongoing. Yeah. Won't do anything about it. We can help. A lot of, a lot of the time we can help. Yeah. More often than not, we can help. Yeah, bare minimum, get a range of motion assessment. It's free. Um, that at least starts the conversation, and if you don't need to go any further than that, then we'll tell you. We're not here to just steal your money for no reason. But mm -hmm. if you really do need need the help, then we're here and we offer that. All right, okay. So going forward, step number one. Step one, range of motion assessment. Um, yeah, quick 20 minutes, meet one-on-one -on -one with the coach, start the conversation, see what's going on. Yep, um, and do it when you're cold, We so not after class. We want you before class. Definitely, so if you're gonna yep. pop on the schedule and book it, book it before class, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. after class. All right, and then moving forward after that, ordering a strength balance test, both of these at crossfit9.com slash assess. You'll see a clear step one, step two, and we can help you through that. Yep. All right. Anything else to add, Dane, before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. We covered it. I feel like we talked a lot. Awesome. Yeah, we did talk a lot. That's all right. Good stuff. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye.